This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Last time on This American Monster. Beset by doubles of themselves, the Law Corporation team engaged in deadly combat with demonic doppelgangers. As more ley lines are discovered, the team learns that it must venture to an amusement park. But what could this place of family fun have to do with the Law Corporation's darker dealings? And how does it tie in to these doppelgangers? You guys are all in um, Ashton's RAV4, which has um, some of she uh, a Darkblade doppelganger's blood sprayed on the fender, as well as like a big um, hole in the fender when uh, Sundry shoved a harpoon through doppelganger Darkblade and it went into the RAV4. So that's, that's the there. Special. And you guys are heading back into town. And you hear a news report. From around the country to around the corner, it's Action News 5. With Shane Meridu and Anastasia Ruiz Johnson. Tonight's top story takes us beyond most people's normal thinking. If you've looked up at the stars, you may have noticed a few additions recently. That's right, Shane. NASA has reported that three new astrological bodies have become visible in just the last few days. They're called Millennia, Alpha, Beta, and Gamma, and they seem to be newly discovered stars. What's even more interesting is how close to us they seem to be. We go to Dr. Chev Vincent with more. The Millennia bodies are indeed remarkably close to us. Calling them new stars is a bit of a misnomer, as they're so close, they almost resemble planets just at the edge of our solar system. But many have wondered, why hadn't we been aware of these celestial bodies before now? Well, for years we've theorized about dark matter, a type of matter that doesn't interact with light, that could fill much of the universe that we're simply unable to observe. A running theory as to why we haven't been aware of these new celestial bodies is that dark matter simply obscured them. If that is the case, we're actually facing dual discoveries of tremendous magnitude, proof of the existence of dark matter, and new celestial neighbors. Meteorologists have speculated that these new bodies may have something to do with the unpredictable tides that West Florida has been experiencing. Hmm... I wonder if these new celestial bodies have any beaches. I think we all could do with a little vacay, eh, Shane? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Up next, are you breathing too much? Experts weigh in. Darkblade's phone rings. And uh, Darkblade, I don't know, do you have Darian Pringle's number saved? No, it would probably show up as a state, uh, you know, state agency or something. Oh, okay. So maybe he's calling you from uh, the office uh, at the ranger station. So you see that, and it just says, um, like, Swamp's Head State Forest Ranger Station. Oh. Hello. He says in a throaty voice. Hello. Is... Oh. Is this um, Darkblade69? 
Yes, it was a, a handle I chose too early, but um, <laughs> perhaps it is uh, one fitting of uh, a gesture of uh, this. Oh. oh, I don't doubt how it's an awesome handle. I just was calling you not about anything that's sex related, which I think that that could be a mistake about if oh. anyone hears me. No, you, it just, you know, it was, uh, it looked like a, you were, a, you know, who is this? Hey, this is, uh, Ranger Pringle from the Swamp's Head, um, the Swamp's Head State Forest. Oh, and okay. well, from the, I shouldn't say, that's, that's where you would know me from. I actually got a promotion, um, a little while ago, uh, in part thanks to you guys. And I figured I'd give you a call because it turns out some shit has come up again. Oh no. All right. Mr. Forrest five Oh, what's going on? Um, yeah. So our jurisdiction has started to, uh, has expanded. It, uh, it's weird. So, oh yeah. Okay. Like, um, is this work related, you know, with like, you know what I do? I mean, I know you through a person. I know you through Addie, and uh, I'd contacted her before, but I can't get a hold of her um, in the last last little while. So, it, so you don't. I mean, it's kind of weird. So you, wait, like, all right. I mean, I I just I'm sure she was really broken up about everything, like all the missed work. The I'm sure you had to cover for her a bunch. And, and I'm the guy you call? Yeah. Again, I couldn't get a hold of her, so I figured to call you because you guys helped us solve that other problem. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how you did it, but it seemed to go away. And heads up, it's back. Well, you must be in some deep trouble if you're calling the guy who broke your star employee's heart, um, which I regretfully did not want to do. Oh, you, Oh, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry she... about, I'm sorry about what I said at Steve's birthday party. I mean, if I knew you guys were together, then I would never have made those jokes. That was, that was on me. And that was coming out of a place of ignorance. And that's, that's my fault. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I did think that you, I'm not really like a PC person, but I did think that, the Guatemalan jokes were kind of a little offensive. They went a little too far. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I think, I think the, the deal there is he's like, when you, he, when you say like your star employee, he's like, he says, he thinks you're talking about a different in person. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so he's like, Guatemala. Oh, I must, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, uh, you know, I, yeah, you're Addie, Addie, you know, I'm, I'm Addie's, oh, okay, wait, I'm Addie's boyfriend, well, her ex, but we were, you know, we, we almost had a kid together, man, and there's, there's just like multiple shots of Donald, Donald Glover's face of him going like, uh, like having bigger and bigger eyes as he's like, mm -hmm. anyway, so what I'm she's already her... a mom. I knew she would do a good job because she says she's so she does such a good job for her kids already. 
Yeah, she has. They're good kids. And I, but anyways, that's, you know, my life isn't a life that everyone can follow. It's, I, I live, I live, uh, you know, I seek the truth and uh, as, sometimes as, it, it brings as you're talking, he's going, he's going, away. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And we see him like, after you like revealed that thing, he has like a to-do list and it says he wrote buy condoms. And then as you're talking, he crossed it out and he wrote buy spermicidal condoms. And that's why I live my life. I live my life not just for the people, my family, but you have road family too. The people who you drive around with and you, you work with. And for those people, it's really just a quarter mile at the time of a time, quarter mile at a time that you live for. And he goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. And we zoom out to see what he's looking up on uh, his computer, just like a vasectomy website. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, it, well, here's, here's the thing, uh, dark, Mr. Darkblade. I got to ask you about how, um, I don't know what you guys did the first time you handled these problems, but it seemed to work out for months and months. So almost, almost a full year that problem had been gone, but I'm wondering, did you guys just push that, uh, whatever was that was, it was, um, did oh. you guys just push whatever it was onto another uh, into another area? Because now that our now that our district covers some of the forest around the Cypress Knolls Tower Garden, we're finding some of the same exact things: large wildlife, deer, um, occasionally horses, and uh, nearby ranchers' cattle uh, mutilated. And we're wondering, it looks almost exactly the same. And we're wondering if that was something that you did have pushed that in that direction. What's going on now? Are you seeing uh, some unexplainable, unnatural activity, Ranger? Uh, Yeah, it's not normal for cows to rip themselves apart, um, Mm. no matter how much, uh, how angsty they might be as teens. Uh, I do think that we're seeing the oh, same thing that we've seen before. Organic cows. Um, I mean, I'm not. I mean, capital O organic. Like, no hormones. None of that pest. Not eating any of that pesticide. Um, you know, that's been proven to cause um, all kinds of very violent and sudden mutations in cows, and that's been researched. And I, I've, I've actually. I've read that online. I mean, you wouldn't expect me to be the person to ask this, but can I speak to a manager? Uh, is there anyone else I can talk to? Yeah. Um, maybe, well, maybe some, maybe some of the other guys you worked with. If you have their numbers, uh, I can give them a call because we're we're running into situations of all kinds of of all kinds of things getting mutilated and uh if i could just leave a message with somebody that'd be great but at yeah. the moment uh i'm going to okay. have to go pretty soon right. but... yeah i'll i'll yeah i'll definitely make sure that somebody gets that message all right okay it, yeah i you know i'm again really sorry about breaking Eddie's heart i um just will always try to be a better man um, but you learn from your lessons and your mistakes make you a better person. Um, 
And if you see her, tell her I love her very much. And you have a great day. I think that he... I think that before this conversation ends, so we don't lose the thread here of how this is important, um, you hear him just yell like, like, just tell her how you really feel, goddammit. And also, what do I do about all these mutilated cattle? <laughs> yeah, mutilated cattle. We're fight or trying to prevent the yeah, second every, coming every, of Satan, and he's got some mutilated cattle. And he'll like hang up the phone complaining about that to you guys. Okay. So he hangs up the phone. Everyone in the car had heard that conversation, had heard the last part of that conversation. I love the idea that like, you've been talking on and off. this like very like inconsequentially personal sounding phone call. While half of us are like that blood all over us. They were like speeding to stop the end of the world. (laughs) And we're just like silently like waiting and listening to this happen. I think it'd be hilarious if you hung up and just like, we're like, who is that? You're just like, ah, nobody. <laughs> yeah, right. um, yeah, so Darkly will hang up the phone and be like, God, like, must have hurt Addie really bad for her not to ever mention me to um, her her old boss. He, he acted like he didn't even know who I was. That stings, Mr. Blade. <laughs> You don't know the half of it, man. <laughs> Listen, you've been dealt a rough hand, and I know that better than anyone, and I'm real sorry. Well, that's real kind of you to say, Mr. Welker. Of all people, I didn't expect you to understand, but he's just calling me to talk about his bullshit. Some cows that are blowing up, and like, like the world's about to end. And I'm trying to save your life right now, Mister. Um, and like, uh, just tell me how my girlfriend's doing, okay? And like, he just wants to talk about these 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 cows. Like, uh, what can we say? Why did he want to talk to us? Oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Addy put him up to it. I'm sure he just wouldn't like admit to it. But I just think he was trying to. She was just trying to see if I was still thinking about her, you know. She was mm-hmm. still at a shot, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just the way she was. She was just really clever, always clever, but underhanded, even. Yeah, I don't actually know that any of these qualities really describe Addie. So maybe he really was just calling about these cows exploding because we helped him out with that. That were Panther. Um, so maybe it was about that. So he has a, a case of exploding cows. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Not me from this conversation. All right. Well, <laughs> we, could, we could move on and I can have stuff happen in the background. It happens. Um, the, I guess the bottom line, Mr. Blade, is is whatever he had to say of at least equal importance to stopping the opening of a gate into hell, or at least that's how you know that's how we're framing this situation. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well. So huh. it's funny because all the other reported 
gateways the hell that were closed in uh the egyptian there are some there are some connections that i could have welker make here um hit, hit us is there is i'm wondering if i should have have it be a related to a role let's do it roll roll me okay roll, roll um oh well um it sounds like a sharp roll i'm a sharp guy let's see if we can put some stuff together all right just barely i got an eight okay so you are like wait a minute um darian pringle is talking about uh hmm like mutilated animals and calling Darkblade about it. And Darkblade's talking about Addy. You can probably make the connections of, um, Darian Pringle had called you guys about that before when it was, uh, in the end, Roberta Hellinger as a werepanther. And you know that Roberta Hellinger has escaped. Gotcha. Yes. That makes total sense. See, I was thrown when it was described to me as exploding cows. Yeah, I think you, I think you, you, you kind of sit there for a moment and then you uh, maybe piece together what exploding cows could mean. All right, and Welker will like sit in silence for like ten seconds, and the conversation dies. Then he's like, "Wait a minute, is he called? Is this for the same things we were there for last time? By exploding cows, do you mean perhaps their guts are exploded all over the ground?" Is, is, is this a werepanther scenario? It sounds like exactly that. And Walker will like address in the van say, um, yeah, it's not exactly like this werepanther is going to open a portal to like, uh, panther hell though. Okay. Who cares? Uh, Walker, you got your, uh, woman shooting gun over there. <laughs> oh, I I'm sorry. I mean, dark yeah. blade. I I confused with uh, who who's shooting who. Here. Um, yeah, I, like uh, fucking yeah. I mean, look, man, she was she was going after that guy, but I couldn't tell if they were gonna hug or or like you know she's gonna eat him. There's just there's just a flashback of uh, Roberta Hellinger running away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And Darkblade shooting, like getting like spooked and shooting her. Yeah, yeah it was, no, it was that was crazy. There was like, yeah, you know, I mean that. Walker's like, it, it, it wasn't our finest hour, but uh, co being combat for the first time, yeah, you know, a lot can go wrong. We understand. No, oh, I mean like, I've I've I have so many battle medals, um, like from tournaments and Achievements. stuff. But yeah, no, like, I mean, some of the 40K tournaments, like, I've got actual medals. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, Emperor protects and all. But this was just different. I mean, the rules were a little bit different from, like, the tabletop version that I'm used to playing. Well, as as much of a, a woman shooting coward as you turned out to be in that fight... Um, you know, uh, prior to that, uh, during our Gilman encounter, you sure did save the day. So uh, uh, we surely, we surely can't hold it against you for, uh, you know, having one uh, moment out of was, character yeah, like definitely that. Definitely out of character for me, guys. Glad we can all agree on that. And, and Walker will like emphatically nod and says, "Yeah, absolutely. One moment out of character. Who could be judged for such a thing?" I just yeah. hope we remember that going forward. 
All right. So we've 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 whipped around with this long enough. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Sure. How about for a segue? Walker was saying, "Listen, that's not far from here. She might know. She was. She's been on the inside of Lorecorp in places that I have not. If we're worried about what Lorecorp wants to do with its test subjects, she'd be the only firsthand source of information we've ever had access to. If she's back." Maybe we should check it out, team. Well, I reckon we owe her apology either way, so let's do it. So, Darian Pringle, Darkblade can tell you had brought up that it was at the Cypress Knolls Tower Gardens that, like, the Forest Service has basically taken over running some of the surrounding woods. Um, and that uh, this has started to happen in that area. So do you guys you guys head into that you guys head back to the Cypress Knolls Tower Gardens or you head back to where you initially encountered Darian Pringle and indeed encountered Roberta Hellinger in the Swampshead State Forest. Sorry, well. You know of two important locations. Um, you know that the Palm World's Fairgrounds is seemingly this um, important place is seemingly this important place to go to, um, and is where theoretically this action is going on right now. Also, Darian Pringle, Darian, um, Ranger Pringle is telling you, Hey, something that seems a lot like from what your perspective is that Were Panther is back, but now at the Cypress Knolls Tower Garden, so it's back at this tower, and that's a note. And that is one of the nodes. That is one of the ley line uh, conjunctures. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm kind of debating what Lee's saying too. Like, maybe we should split up. I think whether we not we split up depends a bit on what our plan is. Like, uh, were we open to go to this this place and like bust it up, or just see what's happening? Which place? The, our original destination. The. Palm, uh, Palm World Fairgrounds. Yeah, because if it's just a scouting thing, then maybe we could scout two places at once. The problem there, though, is that we keep uh, getting doppelgangered. Kind of bad conditions to be split up. Well, then, team, how about it? You want to have a vote for it? Either uh, that's right. I keep getting all these names confused because they're they're all like two adjectives and a noun, and they all have like sort of like a shared general vibe pool of nouns to them. Uh, it's Palm something. There's the Palm World Fairgrounds. Palm World is, Fairgrounds. Or the or, Cypress Knolls Tower Gardens. Or the Cypress Knolls Tower Gardens. Well, it's uh, been a while since I've won any prizes at a fair. So uh, that'd be my vote. Uh, Walker would say, uh, I think it could be illuminating if it is Miss um, Be Be Hellinger, Hellinger, you got Hellinger. it, Roberta Hellinger, who I who I care deeply about and feel an enormous remorse for, and half the time remember her name correctly. Uh, if we find her, she got some very interesting things to say about what's going on inside Lord Corp. So my vote is for Cypress Knowles. If they already have, if the, I guess the Forest Rangers already have Cypress Knowles, at least uh, somewhat under control. Maybe I, I think I gotta go with the uh, Palm World Fairground then. 
That's still up for grabs, apparently. I'll I'll point out that uh, Darian Pringle was reaching out to you guys to figure out what's going on at the Cypress Knolls Tower Gardens. As soon as wait, so did Darkblade vote with Welker? Yep. Okay. As soon as he mentioned Matlock, Darkblade will change his vote. <laughs> <In some dream. laughs> Uh, I, like, like, I was always trying to like make side eye contact with you, and I said like trying to break the ice, but I did a very bad job. Yeah, <laughs> and then Darkblade would be like, you know what? That is a good point. I, you know, if Darkblade, if 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 Matlock was here, you he wouldn't be, you wouldn't have his head up his ass. Like, what was I thinking? I, I really do think that we should go to the fairgrounds. If Matlock were here, he would have let us do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Too bad we'll never know that because you killed my. Never mind. <laughs> you killed my dad cat. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, in that case, you guys are going to the fairgrounds, it sounds like. You guys have, like, stopped, and I feel just for dramatic effect, stopped at a, uh, like, a crossroads at this, like, county road, and um, you're kind of having this conversation. <laughs> And um, eventually Ashton, after you've heard enough of this conversation, you just hit the gas. You kind of speed off in one direction and you're heading towards the uh, Palm World Fairgrounds. So um, in route, um, there are quite a lot of things that can happen. Carl, we had talked about uh, Mr. Welker before he left the um, Palmetto City headquarters trying to look into more information about where this uh, crystal was being taken. Mm -hmm. There is a chance, especially with Darkblade's help as a computer hacker whiz kid, um, and again, whiz kid means 29-year-old, you can figure this exact kind of stuff out. So the idea being that we know what we're walking into essentially, or no, that we know where the crystal is going rather. Yes. That you would know where the crystal is going and could maybe get some additional information in regard to the lore corporation side of things. Yeah. That seems to be like my, my go-to tack route of knowledge getting. Um, sure. Um, I mean, also I'd like to, Maybe we could also look into if, uh, well, I was going to say look into Hellinger, but I don't really have anyone left that I'm like loyal with who could like go looking for me. So yeah, let's look at where the crystal went. Okay. Um, that seems like you're reading a bad situation regarding this and like uh, Dark Blade could easily, easily help you. I'm going to try to make sure to give you certain information no matter what questions you ask. So feel free to ask the questions you want. And I'll try to make sure that you get information that seems uh, that fills in certain gaps. You want me to make a roll for this? Yes. And Darkblade is on on. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's read a bad situation. All right. Well, I got over ten, so no okay. worries. Awesome. Uh, so okay. You, you don't have you don't have that advanced, do you? I really should, shouldn't I? But I mean, I I've saved up like a couple levels of experience. So hell, did you, yeah. Did you, get, now. did you get over a twelve? I got not. Yep, I did. 12. All right. Well, let's say you had it advanced and you can retroactively spend those points. All right. Well, what, since you have that advanced, Carl. That's me. Walker has that advanced. Um, first of all, I forget how that goes. Is it just that you get to ask any question or you get to ask any questions? 
All right. It says, on a 12 plus, you may ask the keeper any question you want about the situation, not just the listed ones. So I think it would mean three questions of any kind I want, or is it just one? I'm happy with just one. That's fine. Um, I mean, either way, I'll try to give you some of the more important information. Um, yeah, I think so, because you spend a hold to ask a question. That's probably what they So you, th you think it would be three any questions? Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. That's what All I right. assume. Uh, first question, where's the crystal going? Um, I think that you and with Darkblade's help can like look back through some of your stuff, maybe get into the company system and figure out that there have been some there have been some sloppily encoded um, texts or emails among some security staff that okay. you can figure out that this crystal, which had moved from the Lore Corporation headquarters um, at Temple Tower to the Magnolia Place Mansion, um, were being, you don't know if they're still en route, if they've arrived there already, or if they haven't been moved to that place, but were being um, moved to, why? The Palm World Fairgrounds. All right, so I'll look up from my computer or like my work tablet, I'd rather, uh, and tell the, the car, all right, we, we're going in the right place. The crystal that I was telling you guys about, uh, or that you guys remember from the, the tower is en route to the fairgrounds. And for my second question, um, hell, why don't I try shooting the moon with it? What do they want to do with it? Um, hmm. You could tell based on Jessica Lore's statements and kind of like you're looking back to her tone and the way that um, those, those symbols and those other uh, runes at the Magnolia Place Mansion had been activated. You could tell she wants to activate these, these locations. She wants to activate these places. And you can tell... Um, she had said to you, even if we can't activate them, we want to know what's going on. We want to study them. She's committed to activating these. And that's the bad thing, as we understand it. Um, so you know that she wants to... You know that she wants to activate this and, and that this apparently seems to be one of the nodes or one of the ley line connection points. Okay. Um, well, I mean, we know that, I guess. Um, I guess um, is, is Mer the general Merzad, Merzad had told you and Sundry and I guess Ashton as well. Uh, like, like, like these are not the people to do that. They can't. They can't uh, manage that power. They, this sure. is a power they shouldn't be be able to handle. But According then, one, but then that Merzad also turned out to be a smoke demon. Right. So according to the, the, the new Rebel team and Smoke Demon guy, they don't want it to be Lorcor. Got it. Um, for my last question, can I parlay this into putting to bed for the, the third or fourth time the whole, like, I know now for sure what happened about the whole Sentry's wife thing? Absolutely. 
So I think cool. one of the things that you can do is you can find um, security footage from your interaction with Bishop. And you can straight up see an image of yourself and hear audio. Um, and it's recorded from, and it says Welker, as if like this device had been duplicated and it was recording this. Mm -hmm. And you can hear that full conversation that you had with Bishop. You mean the one that my doppelganger had? Yes, you can hear the full conversation. That's right. That uh, that a fate a false Welker had with Bishop, and um, in which Bishop essentially says, like, "Yeah, you went there. We were looking for him. Um, like, you fucked up. You killed her. I did you a favor, and look where you are now." And then you can um, you can see the chaos that ensues, and you can see your own face as you see yourself die. Which is probably fairly frightening. Once he's once especially like put the tablet back down like on his lap and like quietly stare ahead. Um, and everything else he's already relayed as far as Laura wants to activate the thing. The CEO is personally invested. He like told him that and that uh, we're headed to the right place. All right, so you guys are heading to um, the Palm World Fairgrounds. All right. So here's the deal with this. Uh, I think I'll just tell you some stuff that uh, probably Welker can find out from these like errant emails that some shittier employees have sent. Um, they're at the they're at the Palm World Fairgrounds. They've kind of cordoned that area off. They have control of the facility. Um. Control of the facility means not only is it closed since we're doing this, we're now we're now shrinking the timeline of this game to hours rather than days. Uh, they have control of this facility, meaning like the Palm World Fairgrounds employees uh, and security that like normally handle this, think Disney or uh, SeaWorld or whatever it is. They're they're not an issue within this. The the amusement park is closed. And it is instead kind of taken over by these lower corporation security forces. And I think specifically you can learn that it's like the people who work with Bishop. So not like the security guards at the office, but instead um, a group of people that he has kind of more worked with for more wet works kind of stuff. Okay. Got it. So all of that, yeah, yeah, people who are more dangerous than like, I'm the security guard who hangs out in a golf cart. Um, so um, you guys getting into this place will already be a thing of in itself, I think. Um, does that sound okay? Or does that sound like to... No, I think that still gives us lots of opportunities for this. Cool. Somebody make for you guys, if you're going in as one group, a, um, I, I would think a cool role. Unless somebody, does anybody have a role to infiltrate stuff? Possibly Sundry, who used to be a criminal character. Uh, let me check. I didn't have a ton of criminal moves, even when I was a criminal character. Um, uh, I have the opposite of that, which is called the big entrance. When you make a showy entrance into a dangerous situation, roll plus cool. 
And well, you could, you could, out. you guys could go that route. So you could decide if you, are we going quietly or are we busting in this place? Well, it could be both, right? Like Sundry could That's be, true. You could split up. be causing a giant distraction while they, they sneak in to do something. I would not be upset about that at all of like two of you make a big scene and then two of you slip in on, on the, in the side. That could be cool. Which is how I've tried to have sex and it does not work. Up to you guys. I'm totally flexible. I'm happy to do like a, like a, a distraction team and an infiltrate team. Uh, Sundry and Welker together. Yeah. Let's do the, let's be the distraction team. You pull up like far off in the distance. We see that there are some like Lorecorp uh, security goons. And these are like regular security guards. And we kind of like join you guys after this trip. And you guys have clearly like knocked them out and tied them up already. Like that was easy. Um, and you're looking off at this uh, kind of like highway um, overpass that looks out over the. Um, Palm World Fairgrounds. Some of you get back in the in the Rav Four, the dope Rav Four, and then other people get into the uh, the security. Um, maybe Ash and Darkblade. No, well, whoever. Two people get into the Rav Four, and two people get into um, the security guards, um, like golf cart, and you guys like head off of this ramp and then go in different directions. So then. We can deal with Welker and Sundry making their uh, distraction and see about Ash and uh, Darkblade infiltrating the location. So, uh, could you read that move for me, uh, Lee? Yeah, so uh, the big entrance. When you make a showy entrance into a dangerous situation, roll plus cool. On a 10 plus, everyone stops to watch and listen until you finish your opening speech. On a seven through nine, you pick one person or monster to stop, watch, and listen until you finish talking. On a miss, you're marked as the biggest threat by all enemies who are present. Either way, that kind of does. You literally yeah, can't fail that roll, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't get a seven through nine. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah this is this is the this is the basically the best option. Go ahead and make that roll, and then essentially tell me what you're doing. All right, let's see. So I assume so, you're in the Rav Four, right? Yeah, I I assume you guys are in the Rav Four as well. And no, that, no, I think we're in the the security guard um, golf cart thing because okay. one, the Rav Four is Ash's car, and uh, Sundry would never take another man's car from him. Okay, the other guys are going to have to be sneaking in somehow while this is going on, right? Yeah, that was my son. And while the well, okay, well, while the Rav Four is powerful, it's also not loud. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I got a total of a five, and I don't want any help on this one, Carl. It won't matter anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. So here's guys, what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. Um, tell me. Tell me. Tell me what you think. We'll negotiate at at this to, to figure out where we get. So the plan was to get Sundry into a very central location. And this is like a, a theme park or a budget theme park. So I'm guessing that they host, uh, you know, uh, Christian rock shows and the like. Uh, and so Sundry's plan is to um, 
you know, sneak to that stage, have Welker turn on all the lights and sound and whatnot, and then for him to give a little speech to uh, to the the local denizens there against uh, against Lurkor. So we see Sundry, uh, you and Welker kind of pull up in this golf cart, and there's maybe one of uh, there's like one other security guard who's nearby. And the security guard's like, wait, you guys aren't supposed to. And you guys knock him out or something like that. Like, really easily. And he kind of flops over. Well, that's and, the welfare department. Yeah. And you find either, either of you guys. And um, you find pretty soon there's a, there's a stage. And Sundry, who knows his way around uh, an amp. He knows his way around amplifiers. And they're like, he kind of hops on there. And you hear like. <laughs> test, test, test. And then Sundry gives his spiel um, about about how the Lore Corporation yeah, has. What does spiel sound like? Yeah, they've lied and cheated you. So what's 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 the version of that? Which is you you can make it as I Remember, would suggest don't cool. worry about making it, it as too good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, let's make it good. I don't know. Uh, so he'll be like. Hey y'all, this is Sunder Charms, and uh, I just want to take a minute to talk to y'all tonight about uh, my experience with Lurkor. Uh, I know, like me, some of you, be, some some of y'all, been uh, toiling away for some time uh, with uh, with this corporation, and like me, uh, you've probably been put down and shit on, and made to do all sorts of outrageous shit. And when you look up at your boss or your Vice President of Corporate Affairs or whatever, they just turn your nose, their nose up at you because your sweat stinks. Well, I got to tell you something. Your work's good enough, right? You don't have to uh, look down on yourself or devote yourself to opening some hellmouth or doing whatever the fuck magic mumbo jumbo you're you're doing out here. You know, it's not too late uh, to get down on your knees. And uh, and beg forgiveness from from the Lord Jesus. You know he's a he's a captain of my soul, and uh, I just want to tell y'all like it, it's time to repent. It's uh it's not too late. Throughout this, you see um some of these like much more um much more like severe or elite like security forces like hearing this stuff. And um, like just taking like almost submachine guns and kind of like readying them, <laughs> and um, just cut to more um, outrageous statements by uh, yeah yeah. And, and again, Sundry's still talking, and Bishop, like Bishop, looking up from some kind of some kind of tablet and like like getting on the radio and going like like shut him up, and uh, like yeah, you're just seeing another guy like. Uh, like pulling over like a ski mask type of thing. And so all these people kind of descending um, on your location. And so we see this like, kind of like we see sundry speaking to everybody and maybe the, um, the tied up the, like the, the punched in the face security guard who got knocked out that Welker maybe tied up. Um, they might have like zip ties as like security guards, he like zip tied his hands to something. And this guy kind of woke up and he's got a black eye and he's listening to sundry speech and he's kind of nodding 
And then we see his eyes get wide as we see this like wide shot, like up from up high as Sundry's speaking on the stage. And we just see people kind of uh, fucking ghost in the shell, Metal Gear Solid approaching this <laughs> stage of like, uh oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I think at some point we should We'd probably hop away, but outrageous yeah. Outrageous statements by, by Sundry <laughs> that, um, that then they're, they're like, is followed by you narrating like more guys coming this way, basically. I'm sorry, say that again. So it, it, it should be sort of a call and response, right? Where Sundry says something that's meant to be in, like inspiring, you know, uh, people to, to stand up on their side. And it's just more and more like elite shock troopers, like get <laughs> yeah. fuck up his day. Yeah, bunch of atheists or, he keeps, oh, Yeah, I was gonna say he keeps mentioning weird uh, nautical Catholic stuff, but well, all, but all these soldiers are like traditional Catholics. Is, 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 is the things that he mentions are all just like oddly specific to him? <laughs> so they're all like, they might have told you that werewolves aren't a thing, but you know they're a thing because your friend shot one of them in the back, and then you took them to that facility up at that lake. And then they try to treat you like you're some uh, local from where's the area in Dreefield? Uh, from Dreefield. <sighs> I ain't from Dreefield. Piss on Dreefield. Yeah, Dreefielders. <laughs> and there's oh, a man. tear that comes out of his eye. <laughs> I feel like like Welk would be wincing at first when he talks about how the company's mistreated him and how his superiors turn their noses up at him. I'm like, oh, come on. But then like as the thing goes on, he's like, oh no, this isn't just harmful to me. Like. This is really bad. Like, this is, we, I need to find a way out of here. Like, for oh. us. Okay, so Welker realizes, like, uh oh, this is not great. Yeah, like, the speech craft here is, is not doing the trick. Stand like, up, stand up alongside me. If you've ever been, uh, had your ass chewed out for eight hours for not filling out the right paperwork about the Gilman eggs that you properly processed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, so that's what we see. Like I said, we see like a zoom out and like all these Metal Gear Solid guys approaching this uh, um, stage. Meanwhile, Darkblade and Ashton. You guys are riding in the RAV4, which can move substantially faster and also almost as quiet, uh, though much more reliably than a golf yeah. cart. And the traction makes it, oh. it feels like you're not even bouncing at all. It's just like gliding. Plus, with the four-wheel drive capability. It's basically a Lexus. Yeah. It's basically a Lexus without the ticker yeah, price. without the pretentiousness. Am yeah. I right? Just that powertrain. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how are you guys trying to enter this place? Yeah, so is, our ultimate goal is to try to secure this place, I guess. So the ultimate goal is indeed to try to... Um, I feel like spiriting away the crystal would be the most expedient either, way. Either stop. spiriting away or... Um, securing this place and then doing that. But probably securing this place and the crystal is first thing, and then figuring out what the fuck to do with it is next. So certainly getting this crystal and control of this place from the Lore Corporation's forces. Is it, so this place is in business right now? There's so, like no, um, stuff going on? It's... I think the lights are all on. That's a great question, actually. The lights are all on. It's a fair that's lit up, but nothing's moving. Everything's quiet, 
but everything's on. So if there are places that play music automatically, it's still playing it. If there are lights that are going, they're still going, but like rides and such that would have to have people on them to be going, they're still. Hmm. Okay. Um, but you guys, you guys are on the outside, though, so some of the nuances of that you probably don't see yet. Hmm. You're trying to get into this place. Okay. So Darkblade's going to... Um, he's like, you know, nothing's going on. There's probably just like a couple security guards there right now. Um, just gotta, this is a classic, uh, just gotta find the right email address and send a, send a email to everybody that they're, they're having maintenance <laughs> tonight. All right. And, um, he'll, he'll still, he'll pull out his laptop and start tapping away and try to find out which um, company uh, they they use for their security. Try to get some Wi-Fi signal and see if he can send out an email just saying that they should expect maintenance. Okay, well... Um, I'm down with that. Very quickly, you know that they... They do all of that stuff internally. Mm -hmm. And like, as a person who's worked for them, you kind of know that like they have their own security forces. That's part of the issue. They probably also have like all these other things that are tied in through them. But you could try to send some kind of message um, to a lot of people to give them some kind of heads up. Yeah, well, at least we'll... Even if they don't see him, we go there, you can be like, check your email, you know? So Darkblade will see if he can send out an email before we get in there. Okay, and, and the goal of the email is what again? Um, Just kind of to direct them to another area of the place, right? Okay, that's that's reasonable, sure. Okay, so um, that sounds like a that sounds like a cool role of you're acting under the pressure of can you get into this spot? All right, uh, Darkblade is cool enough to succeed with a seven. So yeah, well, with a seven, you are going to be able to do this, but at a cost. So um, I mean, the cost is obvious. You and Ashton have to split up. This can't be a two-man team. You guys are going to have mm -hmm. to split up to get into this. Um, uh, yeah, you guys get to this location, and one of you is able to kind of move in. Um, who who do you think that'd probably be? Who'd probably go into the location first? Uh, I think that's more of Ashton's thing. Yeah, that makes sense since you're doing the email. I'll yeah. be the eye. I'll be the eye in the skies, and he's just like mm -hmm. using Outlook Express. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Darkblade is like go, and Ashton's able to go in, and then he's able to kind of like, kind of button up whatever he's doing. But it's a while later, and he sees other folks from the Lore Corporation security forces, and again, I think he realizes, uh oh. These folks aren't people 
they're not the regular security. They're not security guards that you see, even armed security guards that you see at a regular facility. Like these are folks who look like they're all like, they're all dudes who work for Blackwater kind of a thing. Like these aren't the people, uh, these aren't the people I was necessarily planning to encounter here. And um, you kind of pause and you're waiting. And when you're waiting for this person to move past and you're able to get in the area where you assumed you'd run into Ashton, you do not see him. And the two of you are entirely split up from one another. We see this uh, overhead shot again of all these people kind of moving towards the stage. And um, yeah, uh, the deal is that they have absolutely zeroed in on this is where these people are. This is where this threat is. Um, this is where infiltrators are. And they're moving on that location in like a very like well oil as a very well oiled machine to eliminate this problem. I think he's not okay. quite finished his speech. I think he'll give like a last uh, a last attempt to like sway the people who are clearly not going to be swayed. And I think like even Sundry's probably like clued into the fact as he starts to see like floodlights turning on at his location and like maybe like uh, the sniper laser dots like starting to come his way. And that's what oh, yeah. he's still just he's still just sort of bloviating on about uh, about uh, good versus evil. Um, and he'll say, uh, listen, y'all, I'm running out of time. So I'll just say this. Every day I worked for Lorcor was the day I was choosing between the lesser of two evils. But sooner or later, you got to stop choosing evil. Choose something good. Turn your back on these corporate some bitches. Stand for something. For me, that meant standing for my friends and my family. Because in the end, uh, they're the only ones who have your back. Not these pieces of shit. And then maybe he'll like pick up a gu guitar and like start getting ready to sing one of his like uh, his uh, songs. Yeah. And so like just as he like finishes that speech and he picks up the guitar, like Walker will like leave the stage. Yeah, uh, we see him. We see that there were some guitars kind of scattered about, and he picks that up. Walker heads off the stage, and uh, we see more of these. Um. Like um, lore corporation soldiers who again look like Metal Gear Solid bad guys, um, kind of like approaching the stage, and um, we can see that they're kind of heavily armored with either um, shotguns or like submachine guns, that kind of thing, and um, they're like right at the edge of the stage, and we see like several uh, lasers like narrowing down on Sundry. Darkblade, you are expecting to run into Ashton. So Darkblade um, has snuck into the Palm World Fairgrounds and Darkblade is fairly positive that he's not been seen. Um, here's the issue. He gets to a point where he was thinking that he'd be able to meet up with Ashton and Ashton is not there. Here's my question for you. It's at a fairgrounds. What is that point? There, there's a, a bird performance group tent. That's where we're going to meet. 
Okay, so there's where the this birds big... like ride little bicycles and stuff on like on wires. Okay, so there's th- this big kind of wooden scaffolding that they've set up as this like bird um, showcase, and they're like the the finest birds of Florida. And there's this big bird show where there's birds of prey and there's macaws and there's all these other things and they do little tricks. And then they're also like, look, kids, this is a hawk. Watch him eat this mouse, that kind of a thing. And um, so you're in there and it's just empty. And you're expecting Darkblade to, not Darkblade, you are Darkblade. You're expecting Ashton, Darkblade, you're expecting Ashton to show up at any point or be there. And as you're waiting around and looking, you do not see him. Uh Oh, you're alone. Well, that's creepy because Ashton sure can handle himself ever, ever since he got that sword. I better, Oh, there's gotta be some real something foul afoot here. Um, I think that's when you hear DB, what the hell are you doing here? And, uh, it's me like, dad, you didn't look around. You hear a laugh. You know, I think you were, I think you'd some kind of, I think you were some kind of retard if, uh, if I didn't think it was so cute. And um, well, out from mutually uh, exclusive man, oh, out from so. out from the shadow steps, uh, Addy. Addy, what are you doing here? I know I said I was going to leave, but I got a feeling that you were heading into something, and I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be too apart from it. I talked to uh, Ranger Pringle, and he uh, he gave me an idea of where you might be. If there was a lot of commotion going on over here, at least uh, that all the folks around here had. Well, they got a they got a contract with the Ranger Service for some of their parks related stuff, and they told everybody to go away. And that uh, that was related to the company you'd been working for. So he's gonna shoot her. Roll or read a bad situation for me. Yeah, exactly. This should be a roll, and if he fails it, she should be real. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. I got a... That's plus your sharp, right? So, yeah, yes. that's 10. Are there any dangers I haven't noticed? Are there any dangers you haven't noticed? Um, there's something here that shouldn't be here. There's something here that is making this place dark, and you're starting to feel it. Um, this should be a place of light. This should be a place of joy. It is not. It is a place of, it is, um, it is starting to feel like there's something here that is a thing of suffering and a thing of, uh, a, a thing of evil. And, uh, it's twisting what this node is supposed to be. Okay. So there's that. And, uh, what's my best way in? Best way into what? To her heart. To Addie's heart? Um, no, to the bigger issue, the dark the darkness. Hmm. 
Oh, um, you're standing up on like this high point, and you look over and you see a uh, like a hall of mirrors, and you think, "Oh, that might be something." That's where I would go with this. All right. Um. And then, and then you um, you look back at Addie Zem's. And what is it that you say is you just shoot her? Like, um, you're a real, you're a real cruel creature, uh, taking the form of those we love. And I uh, see you. Oh, can I, I also have an ability where I can just like detect supernatural, um, influence so I, I think that he would do that before he shoots her but um the site you can see the invisible and magical influences all right so um yeah so when he shoots her he just breaks out the shotgun and just blasts at his ems yeah uh-huh okay um yeah tell me what that looks like as at ems is just killed um he yeah so he blasts daddy zems he um she falls to the ground and um is bleeding and you have an advancement for the move uh murder uh non-combatant women right yeah. <laughs> that's your specialty yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you, okay, so you shoot her in the, in this, in like, in the abdomen, in the chest, and she like falls down, and, um, it's, where she, like, she just curls herself into a ball, and she's just bleeding out of these various wounds where you, uh, this like, pieces of buckshot have like ripped through her. No smoke? Um, no, there's no smoke. And there's no magical influence either. And I just shot her. And you're like looking down at her and she kind of looks at, looks up at you and, um, uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I think she just says like, man, it works so well for everybody else. <laughs> Hellinger <laughs> loved it. It's not- so, uh, what are you serious? That like you were just here for like, you fucking do somebody here? Like, what the hell were you doing here? Make, roll a, make, discover a, love. make a make yeah. a weird make a weird roll for me. All right. He gets a nine. A nine. Okay, so you watch. You watch her like start to like just like shake and honestly die, and you realize like oh shit, I've this was Addie, and you kind of like run over to her and she kind of like like tries to whisper something to you, and um, she holds your hand as she attempts to tell you like. 
there's something going on and I don't know what it is. And she holds your hand and then you can feel her hand kind of slacken. And you look at her and she's just kind of bleeding and her body twitches a bit. And then after a while, it doesn't come out as like the heavy pouring smoke. It's the light smoke of almost like a cigarette that comes out of these wounds. And you can tell this wasn't actually Addy. This was a doppelganger. But there was something alive about this one. And you can tell, you can figure out these things aren't just copies. They exist and they're real. And I will give you an additional point, uh, an additional aspect to this because it's Addy. And as you like hold her hand as she like passes, you can tell there's some aspect of Matlock to them. Oh, okay. That is making them real. They're not just copies. They're real people. Mm, Just like how I was made. (laughs) But in my mommy. Okay. Gotta think hard now. What would... What would Brian do? (laughs) Brian do? Well, where is Ash? Uh, Because he's expecting to meet up with Darkblade in a spot at this... um, He's in a fair. Where is he? Yeah. Uh, you uh, you took it. I was going to say, oh, thematically, it's got to be the, the House of Mirrors if you pose this question to me. But I think he, that's what that no, last it wasn't. scene was he, at, right? He looked over to the House of Mirrors. You can be there. All right. All right. You, yeah, cool. So you arrive at kind of the House of there. Mirrors. And we see you kind of waiting outside... And the problem is, like, one of these fucking Metal Gear Solid-esque um, lower course security guards walks by, and you have to go into the place. And as you go in, you hear enough of a sound behind you. And actually, this music might make sense for this, but you hear enough of a sound behind you where you look back around and you see a reflection of yourself. And when you look back around, you just see more reflections of yourself. And you're like, Fuck. And you're already lost in the House of Mirrors. So, mm-hmm. um, here we are. Ashton in the House of Mirrors. What is his thoughts on what's going on? Before we even make any kind of rolls, what are his thoughts? Let's get something with his character because Ashton has not been around a ton. He just reappeared. What's what's going on with him emotionally? Yeah, I was trying to parse this out earlier. Was um, through Mister Wilker? Did we figure out is um like Lorecore specifically? Like we know they're the ones kind of trying well, to open most this of that portal. Sort of probably now has come from Razad. Yes, and then which, which, for, which, for, which for Ashton I think is even a bigger deal. Yeah, Wilker's part of it's been more like a personal revolution that mm-hmm. the company is not. 
the uh, beatific force he thought it was. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, I think for Ashen, uh, he's kind of, um, like he he sort of like he or he tried to quit Lorcor too specifically because you know it was not doing good. It was kind of like you know just for profit and didn't care about the other people. And then kind of got back into the uh, good grace or you know I don't know not good graces but uh on their team again with through Mirzad. But if if Mirzad's saying oh Lorcor actually doesn't even matter, uh they're one of the bad people that we're kind of fighting against from the inside, then yeah, Ash is kind of, I don't know if that makes sense, but he's not worried about uh, pissing off Lorecore or anything. Okay. So he's not worried about pissing off the lore corporation, but how is he feeling about the situation? Like he's, he's been connected to the lore corporation and now he's here working with somebody who's connected to it very severe, significantly. Are there any additional thoughts or feelings that he has with that or like about the stakes that theoretically have been brought up? Well, for him, th- this team hasn't done anything wrong and they um, specifically. Um, so, I mean, if it comes down to it, he will take these nodes or this crystal, you know, from Lorecore or this team if he has to, but I don't think that uh, Ash thinks it's going to come to that. Okay. Cool. All right. So, um, so Ashton is, he's backed into kind of this, uh, he's backed into this hall of mirrors and he sees a version of himself and he sees two versions of himself. And then we kind of like have that like thing where he keeps wandering into various versions of like mirrors. And um, what is his goal? Is his goal to meet back up with Darkblade? Is his goal to meet up, meet up with Welker and Sundry? Is his goal to figure out something else? What's the game plan here? Yeah. Uh, well, now, now that you kind of framed it like that, maybe his, his real goal here is to just find this this crystal thing as soon as possible and hopefully meet back up with the team. But if not, that's fine. That sounds like a read a bad situation. Sounds good. Well, that is an eight plus a one to nine, nine. All right. So at a nine, you get to ask one of those questions. Hmm. Okay. Well, it seems like I'm kind of lost in this mirror house or house. Yes. Of mirrors. You're saying, yeah, okay. very much so. So yeah, it seems like the the easiest question here is how what's my best way out? There's a um there's a mirror that you see and you are kind of like looking at it and then you notice that's not a mirror. Fuck, it's another version of me. And what you realize is you have to fight your way through that version of you and that's your best way out of here. Mm. Oh no, I got to do another ash ash on ash sword fight. Yeah. So maybe we see you draw your sword and like the two of you clash together um, and bash into several mirrors nearby and then we cut away. So we've got these uh, Lore Corporation security forces approaching this stage. 
It's maybe like half a dozen guys, but they're all like very well trained and very well armed. All right. So how about like I sort of tell you what I'm thinking and you stop me at any point during or after if it doesn't work for you. I, I'm, I'm very, very down for that. Okay. I just am trying to figure out what these roles would be at times here and there. But yeah, just just start cool. this out. So Sund Sundry is up there. He's kind of finishing his big speech. He's playing the guitar at this point. He found this, and um, like he's able to he's able to kick a few. Uh, he's able to hit a few pedals and get about the right sound that he's looking for. And he's playing guitar on a big um, kind of hollow steel string guitar. It's the sound he's looking for. I don't know enough about guitars for if that's the case that he's what he'd be looking for, but yeah. So, all right. So Sundry had given like the, the cap to this speech where he was like, talked about how you should pick like your, your loved ones over the company. And like, as he was saying that, like Walker like makes eye contact with him and like Walker, like, like, like he really hears these words. Then Sundry goes to like uh, pick up his guitar and like begin like his, the final masterpiece of his distraction at some point, like while he's like about to start his song, he looks over to where Walker was and he's gone. And like Welker then like using his preternatural speed, um, like runs over to where like a nearby Ferris wheel would be. And like using the strength, which he also took as a character move, mm -hmm. wants to try and like get this Ferris wheel like loose and then when it's like loose enough, like he's taken enough of like the components of it, use that grenade launcher he's still taking around, like give it one last round and have the whole thing like fall over like onto that entire area. Okay. We did at some point say that Woker lost that strength. Was that right. a temporary he, thing? It can yeah, he it definitely can... lost that like the the magic attack thing. I, okay, so but he's still I, super strong. Well, I took another move that was claws of the beast. I don't think it has to be claws necessarily. Like it could be yeah. like I'm down, else, but it's like all it's your natural attacks get plus one harm. So like sort okay. of the idea that he's still very strong, just not with like the magic component. Okay. So yeah. Um, all right. So we see Woker. I think this is probably a tough role, though it's a cool. custom move to do this. Absolutely. Let's, whatever you think is the thing to do. You want me to roll? Yeah. Plus tough. tough. Okay. 13. Awesome. Yeah. So you're able to kind of like move around. You're able to distract enough people. And also you go towards the Ferris wheel. You take maybe like a big giant wrench and you, or a pipe and you kind of bust a few things and then pull this. And we see from a far off shot, the Ferris wheel and we hear it creak and maybe even some of these soldiers, kind of uh, these security officers, turn of like, what? And we see that thing tilt a little bit. And then we see you move away and blast it. And this whole thing roll forward and then tilt over near where Sundry is to kind of um, like a, a bunch of these security officers are like, holy shit. And it just lands either on them or near enough to them where they are absolutely like knocked out of this. That's the idea. Nice. All right. Um, 
Meanwhile, like spokes land around Sundry, so he doesn't have to stop like playing. He just like lands like he, I, in yeah. one of the bees. I don't think it lands on him like a <laughs> Buster Keaton uh, <laughs> show, uh, where it's just the the farmhouse. Um, but so it lands nearby. Mm-hmm. So Sundry maybe kind of like he's been giving his spiel and he arrives at like a very heated moment of it, which of course is what Sundry. Maybe he just has an aside and he's like, "Y'all came for fireworks, didn't you?" There we go. Brilliant. And, um, oh, he sees there's a pedal that says like pyro and he kicks it. Um, and maybe he kicks, there's maybe several and he just kicks all of them. And he's like, fuck it. And there's just an insane explosion of all the fireworks that were supposed to go on off over the course of like a several hours show. And they just all go off at once. And so this thing just landed and then he, blows up all these fireworks um and this is when you start to see some of these people appear on stage um go ahead and make a cool roll for me sundry oh snap hopefully better than my last one (laughs) yeah uh no not better than my last one uh total of um sorry uh five Five. Oh, okay. You got right. so, so much. So, um, again, Sundry is like super tough because of his kind of like, um, at this point, basically like supernatural or magical aspects to him. Um, two of these, uh, two of these security officers kind of come up the staircase and another one comes up on a different direction from Sundry and they point their guns. Sundry kind of moves and tries to get himself behind an amp or something like that. And we see their guns go off and um, we see uh, some of the bullets like rip through part of Sundry's arm. We see like an amp maybe fall on him. Um, But uh, one of the things that helps to almost keep you alive is that the these guys are all using these theoretically like fully automatic weapons and there's far fewer shots than you would have expected and when you knock this amp off of yourself the thing that you see um standing over one of these guards is the gill man so you see this like six and a half foot tall creature that's like green green and opalescent black and um it's standing there and its neck frills out and um, there's blood splattered across the thing and it's like sprayed this um like absolutely eviscerated these two lore corporation guards awesome hey mr gilman uh i hope you heard my speech I'm, i'm filled with a lot of regrets and among them is uh doing you wrong and then uh, you just hear like a weird like <laughs> I'll try to find a cooler noise than that but it just makes like a gross like predator-esque like knocking slash like fluttering noise I feel like you've been waiting since the first session to, to drop that noise on us I wish I knew what it was I if I have it I'll find it I don't I, I like that one yeah <laughs> and um yeah it kind of like moves itself away like it's going to continue and oh wait we have like a moment because i think like i think like i think the dramatic tension should be that it's going to attack sundry 
and he's he says both what he said before. Yes, but, absolutely. But then also he he says something like, "Way I figure it, we got a common enemy." Yeah, and I think that it's about it's about to leap on you as you say that, and it um, you see like it it's kind of chest, which is like puffed up somewhat frog, like where it literally gets bigger to like assault something. And it like looks at you. And then it slowly kind of like deflates itself. So he removes his, his hand away from this nearby harpoon. Yeah. <laughs> his harpoon guitar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It um it like slinks back. I think it's gonna just kind of jump off, like jump off the stage and like like run off for now. He'll try to figure out which way Welker went and be like, it's "Time for the, our grand finale." Ooh, I think actually, oh the the way it would make sense is like this thing is this huge puffed up. It's like puffed up ready to fight you and like ready to kill and you can see in its eyes like this thing's gonna rip me apart and i don't know if i'm gonna make it out of this and um like you look at it and you're talking to it and it kind of deflates itself back down to the size of just a tall man and it looks at you and it seems like it it seems like it actually sees you as a person and as you're looking at it, um, it suddenly turns and it leaps itself away after it had been walking towards you so intently. It leaps away. There was like a one of these lower corporation guards. And it just... This person is pointing this gun and this gun fires wildly and it rips the arm off of this guy and you hear him scream. And um, it looks back at you. And it kind of like huffs and puffs. And it starts to, as this guy is very clearly, like absolutely <laughs> bleeding out of his severed arm. It, it starts to shrink down, which just means, again, to the size of a very tall man. Um, and it starts to look at you and you see that its eyes blink, but its eyes blink in that weird, like both vertical and horizontal way. And it hears a noise. And uh, when that noise is revealed to be Welker, then I think it takes off. It would also be cool if like like the Welker thing, just as much just as much as it spooks Gilman, spooks uh uh Sundry. So like you know, Sundry's like getting ready to get his harpoon ready to defend himself, whatever he needs to do, and like feels a hand on his back, and it's like it's Welker. And he's getting, he spins around to like do violence and like it's just Welker there. All right. Yeah. So, Welker, you're, you're back. And, um, yeah, this half dozen or so guys has been, uh, have been dealt with for now. So, Welker will like walk out to him and like not saying anything about the carnage that's just been rot in front of them. Uh, he'll say, uh, you're right, you know. That was cool. What, what's that? Good work, good work, by the way. Like, uh, look over to the destroyed Ferris wheel. 
and he'll say, uh, thanks. I look at the crown and look back at me and say, uh, you were right about what you said. Um, you're right about having each other's backs. Uh, not worrying so much about whether the company was going to come down on ours. And he, and he says, um, to that end, Sundry, uh, I don't know how to say this, but um, I did it. That demon, you. You did what? I killed your wife. You did what? To, like try not to like not look away when he says, um, I don't remember it. They lied to me about what happened, but every word that demon said was, was true, just like you said it was. He says, uh, that mean, night. I think Sundry like spin around and sort of like grab him. And Walker won't resist at all. And say like, I think a different Sundry would kill you right now. I worry I'm not so different. Why, why shouldn't I? And he says, uh, Walker will say, um, it's up to you just to decide whether I deserve that or not. Um, I know things have gone wrong. Hell, ask, ask, ask anyone. Ask my family. Ask the rest of the team. Ask Darkblade. Uh, and say, um, maybe this version of Walker deserves that. And say, uh, I swear to you, I didn't lie when I said it didn't happen. But the truth is, I know now that it did. She died by my hand. Uh, we were there looking for you. I just, I don't understand, Welker. When I said, when I said it was your friends who had your back, I was talking about you. You're my only friend in this world. And, uh, and I, I, I don't even understand what you're telling me right now. Welker will say, um, then I'm sorry for you because I've been a terrible friend. And he says, uh, the, all this time, all the missions we've gone on, uh, all my speeches about us having each other's backs, those are motivated by love. Well, I don't even know anymore. Maybe fear of this corporation that we're, you know, like gestures to this, like this ruined field full of bodies, um, this corporation that we've turned on now because I've lost my family for this corporation. Uh, I've done horrible things to good people. Roberta, hell, who knows how many of the test subjects that didn't deserve it. Um, I, I stole what mattered most from Mr. Blade and I stole what mattered most from you. And it was all for this corporation. It says uh, we were there that night. It was Bishop and me. We were looking for you. And what we found was Maria. And I didn't mean to, I'm I'm sure I didn't mean to, but I can't say that with certainty because I don't remember. All I know is she died that night and uh, I did it. And rather than Bishop, rather than having me walk away with that, uh, he killed me too. That doesn't absolve me. It's up to you to decide what does. Well, that's a hard word, Welker. I uh, 
I, I don't hardly know where to begin, but uh, I know what it's like to sell my soul to the devil. And I know what it's like to be beholden to people who uh, don't care one whit about you. And when I was down and when I had nothing and I was thinking about taking my own life in jail, is you came busting me out, is you came believed in me. And I don't think for one minute that was because some company told you to or uh, some bottom line was uh, advantaged by uh, you being there and saying what you said. You had my back all along and uh, and I just don't believe you when you say these things like sure maybe uh, maybe you had this involvement and uh, it sounds like you paid the price. But uh, I don't think for a second that uh, this twisted corporation is uh, the end of the story. And I got to tell you, as someone who say, who uh, sold his soul and lived to tell about it, at least so far, uh, it's not about um, who done you wrong. It's about what you do about it. So, Mr. Welker, as your friend, even now, I got to ask you, what do you intend to do about this? So we see Ashton run forward and he, the two of them, like, grab each other and they bust through a bunch of mirrors. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like this is a kick some ass roll. An 11. All right. So, so you get to um, do an additional thing addition to in addition to dealing damage and taking damage. I'm already injured, so I want to take less harm, but I feel like I really set out to uh, force them where I want, which is out of my way so I can get out of here, right? Sure. Or I guess, have, hmm, actually, whenever we've damaged these uh, or injured or wounded these demons, they end up Not like, always. dying, right? Okay. Okay, then yeah, I'll move them. All right, so, um, yeah, so you do how much damage regularly? Yeah, three. Yeah, so you similarly three, take three, three damage. Um, as the two of you like slice into each other and there's blood that sprays all over these mirrors. And so there's versions of um, Ashton's that we thought were just continuing to fight, but we learned that they're not Ashton's because blood sprays on it like a mirror. And so there's like various shots of that where blood sprays yeah, on them from the two Ashton's that are fighting with each other. And then other times where the two of you are fighting and they're just like kicking or punching or smashing into them. This yeah. moves so me into the unstable range up. too. And, um, yeah, yeah. Two ashes. Um, what is the way that now. you're able to get the hell out of this hall of mirrors? Ash figures out that he can kind of, you know, bullfighter his way into like making him the double break all these mirrors so that he's able to figure out the actual path out. 
Okay. So yeah, so you're able to like eventually you see the other you see Ashton smash into the last of these mirrors and you can see your way out of this place. And you're like, all right. And you're able to get out of there after the two of you grievously injure each other. And the other Ashton is like, like holding his guts and (laughs) you're like, like limping out of this place from various wounds that you've had. And, um, um, we see you flop down the front of the steps of the uh, the Hall of Mirrors, and it says outside like Mister, like Doctor Mephisto's Hall of Mirrors, and uh, you're like hauling yourself out of there, and you look up, and just as you look up, you see the um, the Ferris wheel smash down. And like pulverize what you would assume would be the main stage at the front of the um, at the front of the amusement park. If we get back to that scene, then where Sundry has just asked Walker, um, "What do you intend to do about it?" Uh, Walker will say, "I said, well, for a start." I think Bishop has taken plenty from both of us, and it's high time somebody took something from him. And you're willing to do what's necessary to make sure that uh, he answers for that? And you like gesture out over this this like uh, concert grounds in front of you, like the wrecked up Ferris wheel and bodies. And you'll say, uh, "I'm just getting started." This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode included A Dangerous Location by Ron Ernest. Additional voices include Steve Arthur as Shane Meridu, Alex Ernest as Jessica Lohr and Anastasia Ruiz Johnson, and Jacob Davis as NASA scientist Chev Vincent. Join us next Thursday for another exciting episode of This American Monster. And until then... Visit us at thisamericandice.com, follow us on Facebook, and be sure to tell a friend, like, rate, review, and subscribe. Don't do that, Austin will kill you. (laughs) Here's here's the problem. This is what I'm going to do. From the perspective of the story of this game, I, I don't want to do that. From the perspective of Austin, I love that. Of like, well, this sounds dumb. I don't care what this guy says. Oh, he's a forest cop. Go arrest a tree, you shithead. (laughs) While we're figuring that out, brief editorial note. Uh, I feel like Pringle came across really differently last time. And I I think 
I think mm -hmm. I heard one of the Pringle episodes recently. Uh, and so that's why it's like a little jarring. Like before he was really uh, against Lorcor and was very uh, environmentalist and had this sort of agenda in the conversation. And so I totally missed all of like the Glover hijinks um, because I guess I was like looking for that same thing. And then like he, he really sort of begrudgingly gave us information after we promised like Lorcor would like pay a bunch of it, uh, money to um, yeah. save the wetlands or some shit like that. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to retcon things right now, but it, it, it does seem a little weird to me that, like, he's coming back and, like, calling us for help. Yeah, I think things. my, just, hey, I, aside I from just trying to get this in, in shoehorn this in here, um, which is the real answer, but I think that he's in a situation where he doesn't know who else to contact. He'd contacted you guys before and you'd solved the problem. And so he wants to see if the way you solved the problem was to just shoo this whatever it is that's doing this into this area. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. That no, it's, it's, it's fine. I think I, I think yeah, this, I think this did I, make him a little jokier, but also I think this instance ended up being jokier that we encountered him in. Then like those campers got killed. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's fair. Yeah. I went a little more comedy uh uh with with Donald Glover's character there for that one. Yeah, in the initial thing he was much more like kind of committed to the forest and skeptical of uh corporate involvement. Just as a Lutheran and you know, you know, Catholic light basically, I see uh all the comedy about uh, uh, prophylactics and uh, and condoms to be just you know a bridge too far. Yeah, bridge too yeah. far. Not bridge not really what we're going for in this podcast, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that just isn't part. That's just educational, right? Well, how about this? Is there anything to this? What about instead of pit bull, more like clip bull? I mean, as long as we uh, run in a pro abstinence only ad before the show, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I continue to support the show. Yeah, I feel and my voice is a pro abstinence ad. <laughs> I gotta tell you, having a baby, so much easier than most people talk about. <laughs> like honestly, most people they have a baby and they're just like complaining all the time about how difficult it is. I just think it's one big conspiracy for people to pat each other on the back. It's like bam 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 Action News 5 with Shane Meridu and Claudia Sanchez. Tonight's top story takes place takes us past the top of what you would normally think of. If you've looked up at the stars, you may have noticed a few additions recently. Scientists at NASA have reported that three new astrological bodies have become visible in just the last few days. They're called Millennia Alpha, Beta, and Gamma, and they seem to be newly discovered stars. What's even more interesting is how close they are, how close to us they seem to be. And then we go to an expert at NASA, and it has their name. Uh, it says their name on the radio, or if we were watching this on TV, it would show their name on the bottom of the screen. And he says... The millennia bodies are remarkably close to our solar system, 
Calling them new stars is a bit of a misnomer, as they are so close, they almost resemble planets just to the edge of our solar system. But why hadn't we been aware of these celestial bodies before now? Many have wondered. For years, we've theorized about dark matter, a type of matter that doesn't interact with light, that could fill much of the universe that we're simply unable to observe. A running theory as to why we haven't been aware of these new celestial bodies is that dark matter simply has obscured them. If that is the case, we're actually facing dual discoveries of tremendous magnitude, proof of the existence of dark matter and these new celestial neighbors of ours. Meteorologists have speculated that these new bodies may have something to do with the unpredictable tides that West Florida has been experiencing. And then the story like fades out. Hey folks, I know I don't need to remind you, but if you're looking for old episodes of our podcast, whether it's some of our very first short games or our first long game, Legend of the Five Rings, Ryoko Owari, City of Lies, you can find those on YouTube. They're coming off of our regular feed uh, because of stuff with our website. Uh, only allowed to have 300 episodes up at a time, which is good that we have more than 300, but... It's a little bit annoying that we have to keep putting them up on YouTube to kind of archive them. So every Saturday, an episode of an old long game is going to come up. Then Sunday, an old short game will be published. Uh, so that means you've got four straight days. Thursdays is our long game. Fridays, new games. Saturdays, old long games on YouTube. And Sundays, old short games on YouTube. Check it out. Old shorts game? Now that's a different game that I don't want to talk about.